Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Wednesday, April 28th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers fall to the New Jersey Devils. 6-4 to four the final. Got down 3-0 in the game. And the Devils end their 10-game winless streak. And they uh, snap it against the Flyers. The Sabres earlier this season ended their 18-game winless streak against the Flyers. And now the Devils, their 10-game winless streak. And again, once again, the, the hole was dug early. The Devils, uh, prior to the game on Sunday, hadn't scored the first goal in a game in eight games. And then in this game, they not only get the first, they not only get the second, both on the power play, they get the third. But the Flyers battle back when Oscar Lindblom picks up in the second period his eighth goal of the season, and Jackson Cates picks up his first NHL point to make it 3-1, to one, and then heading into the third down two. Phil Myers gets a goal at 224 to get the Flyers within one, and then just a minute 10 later, uh, Claude Giroux once again for the Flyers gets the goal, his 14th of the season, and ties the game at three. But just about five minutes, seven and a half minutes, five, but just about seven and a half minutes later, uh, the Devils on, uh, on a blown play uh, allows Connor Carrick to get in to get a sharp angle shot on Brian Elliott, and he kind of loses his angle, overplays the short side a bit, and Carrick, with a good shot, beats him. But uh, that's a goal that Brian Elliott uh, would say that he would ha- he needs to make the save on, just giving him too much net on the long side. And then right after that, a couple minutes later, Sean Couturier, a goal off the half wall, ties the game again at four. And just 11 seconds later, uh, Sharon Govich, after a miscommunication behind the net when Brian Elliott kind of gets tangled with his defenseman, Lack of communication, and the puck ends up uh, squirting out front. Sharon Govich pops it into the net. And I, I tweeted this out. Um, when a goaltender is playing the puck, firstly, they need to be really decisive. They need to have a plan. They need to know where they're going with it, a quick 10-foot pass to a defenseman in the corner or rim it high off the glass, something like that. Uh, Elliot looked a little unsure. The, the pressure got on top of him right away. And as soon as that happens, a goaltender would be so much better served to just pivot back and get back into his crease and take away the bottom part of the net. Because if pucks are, are wrapped around, they're not going to be uh, above 11 inches, which is the width of the goalie pad. But the goaltender's instinct when you fumble the puck behind the net is not to do that. It's to do everything you can to to push the puck to safety or try and find a way to, to fix the problem that just took place with the lack of communication and losing the puck. And oftentimes it ends up in the back of the net. And that's exactly what happened there as Sharon Govich is able to just get get that puck as it squirts free and pounds it home. Uh, but had Brian Elliott, makes, you make that decision right away to get right back into your net and take away the bottom third, then it, it would be much better served. But again, the instinct when it happens is to do everything you can to push the puck to safety. Didn't happen. Sharon Govich, that ends up being the game winner. 5-4 is the final. And for that to happen 11 seconds after the Flyers tied again at 4, uh, was crushing, and then eventually the Maltsev empty net goal gives the uh, Devils the 6-4 win. 10-game win or 10-game losing streak is over, and the Flyers and Devils will play again coming up on Thursday. Uh, I think it, real interesting, too, in this game, um, we know that Igor Zamula made his NHL debut in the game, but I would not have bet that he would have the third most minutes played out of any Flyer defenseman. I mean, he had the fourth most minutes played fifth most minutes played out of any Flyer player. But on defense, the minutes were parceled out. Uh, Ivan Provorov, who played 29-01 the other night, played 23 and a half minutes in this game, 23-34. Uh, Travis Sanheim played 21 minutes and 52 seconds. And then Igor Zamula, 
played 27 shifts, 19 minutes and 19 seconds of ice. Uh, more than Phil Myers, who played 18:24, more than Justin Braun, who played 17:49, and more than Robert Haig, who played 16:05. And as far as Zamula goes, three shots on goal. He was a plus one in the game. Never looked overwhelmed. He he performed fine. There there was nothing about his game that made you say, "Wow, this is a tough jump for him." He looked very comfortable and played very well. Made simple plays. You know, the one time he threw a pass over in the offensive zone to his other point, and there was nobody there uh, because that point man had gone off for a change. It was the right play had the guy not gone off for a change. It didn't result in anything major going the other way. But uh, overall, I thought Igor Zamula performed incredibly well uh, for his first National Hockey League game. And the fact that he got you know more minutes than three other Flyers defensemen tells you that the coaching staff probably felt that as well. Uh, so good first game for Igor Zamula. Bad result for the Flyers, a 6-4 final. And uh, they'll get back at it coming up on Thursday against the Devils in New Jersey and then uh, in Philadelphia against the Devils on Saturday before two with the Penguins uh, at home and then two against the Capitals on the road. And then they'll wrap up the season May 10th uh, against the uh, New Jersey Devils at the Wells Fargo Center as well. Normally, we'd bring you the coaches press conference. I don't think there's much of a reason to bring it tonight. Uh, Elaine Vigneault, you know, the starts of games still not good enough and uh, his team didn't quit. And he's right about that. They battled back, but you can't keep digging these holes. And I don't know what it is about the identity of this team that it just keeps happening. It's it's astounding. Uh, but uh, it's a, uh, an identity that they're going to need to find a way to shed and probably through some roster turnover uh, into next season for this Flyers team. Probably not one they're going to shed this year. Who knows what's going to happen on Thursday? Who knows what's going to happen in these remaining seven games is anyone's guess. But well, we shall see. Uh, but I did want to get to our feature interview in this episode with Igor Zamula making his NHL debut. Uh, Tanner Lazinski made his NHL debut earlier this season. Maxim Sushko did. Uh, Wade Allison. Uh, we know of the of the young players down in Lehigh Valley. Tyson Forster performing extremely well. Cam York there now performing well uh, for the Phantoms. And the Phantoms have a terrific record. So I figured let's get Scott Gordon on. Get some intel on what's going on with the Phantoms and these young players, what players maybe deserve a shot to get called up to the Flyers in these final seven games to get a look at the NHL level. Seen five guys make their NHL debuts already this season. Could we see more? Well, here's all the intel uh, from Phantoms head coach Scott Gordon as he joins us on Flyers Daily. Scott, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And I know it's been, it's, what, what an insane world we live in, right? And you know, you guys dealing with with your own COVID protocols. Players are going up and down like a toilet seat. And uh, how's it been for you over the past little while since we last spoke? And uh, trying to develop a rhythm with your group, despite the fact that you guys just keep winning. Yeah, there there, there really hasn't been any rhythm. Um, you know, it's been nonstop from from day one with guys that were injured uh, that didn't come down immediately. They got into lineup, you know, five ten games into it, uh, and then. You know, the constant uh, COVID uh, issues went to Binghamton and they had they had a case and that shut us down for a week. And then the Flyers had their case and that shut us down. It didn't shut us down, but it, it you know, disrupted the lineup. And, and then we had our case of COVID. And so it's, it's there hasn't been any rhythm to it. And uh, we've, we've been that the best lineup that we were going to put on the ice after four great days of practice uh it all got negated when uh we had people come down with covid on a friday and didn't get to play the saturday sunday games and 
and the next you know we get back at it and and uh we're missing from that lineup there was seven different players that went in oh man so Ugh. how do you how do you you know keep everybody's head straight and everybody kind of you know still focused on on the hockey element of it with so much going on and so much inconsistency um maybe maybe it's just the fact there's a lot of there's been a lot of newness like guys that weren't playing and now playing guys that were playing uh, maybe getting more opportunity more ice time so um i think every player has their own different motivation and uh it's blended well here for whatever reason um i think uh you know we 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 made some changes this year with uh some of our system stuff and i, I think it provides the players with a little more fun uh within the game and and uh you know with the the way we're, we've been playing it's it's we've made it more of a skill game and um you know i think the, the players uh, uh have appreciated that and uh it's been good that only works if you have skill i mean you guys have a record of 15 4 uh, and two throughout the season so far. You have the second best record in the AHL at this point. Uh, I want to ask you about a few players in particular because, you know, we've gotten to see a few guys and uh, a fifth flyer, you know, making his debut this season, uh, his NHL debut, that is. And that's kind of where I want to start with Igor Zamula. Uh, I know that uh, I saw some quotes that you had that since he came back from, I guess, dealing with an injury or being out, uh, that he's really kind of hit a new stride with his game. What have you been seeing with him? I think just uh, like the entire time that that uh, Igor has been here, he he's been, you know, for the most part reliable. Like he he has great uh, puck patience and sees the ice well. And uh, I, I think with him, sometimes it was too much patience and maybe you know trying to make the perfect play every single time. And um, those things have uh, started to blend well with uh, you know what he needs to do that's going to help him in the NHL as far as uh, moving the puck quickly, being part of the attack. Um, you know the the last three games that he did play here were his best three games, so the time off I think might have even helped him just uh, a lot. We threw at him and uh, he's adapted and um, he's a he's a he's a horse. He can he can play a lot of minutes and uh, has been very reliable and durable. And uh, you know I, I think. Uh, we think a lot of them here. When you're dealing with Igor, his English isn't obviously great. How's that communication uh, with a young player uh, that, uh, you know, does have a language barrier? The phrase, do you know what I mean, is asked quite often. <laughs> uh, and sometimes they they still, they, they yes you. Like, I, I don't even know if they, I think maybe they just want to get out of the office or get away from it. I don't know what, what, what the reason is. But, uh, no, he's been good. Like, he speaks and... Um, you know, there are some things that, uh, uh, you know, I, I, get, I give him a hard time about. Like, I had to call him for the call-up, and uh, I didn't uh, – he changed his number, and he didn't tell anybody uh, down here. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, uh, Igor, um, I've been trying to reach you, and uh, is, is this your number? He goes, no, I changed it. And I said, were you going to let me know? And he's like, oh, I, I told uh, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm like, Jimmy's in Philadelphia. That doesn't help me. <laughs> and so he goes, yeah, but I uh, I told somebody else. And I'm like, I said, here's the thing, Igor. I said, this call that I'm making to you is to tell you you're going to the NHL. Um, if I don't have your number the next time and you change your cell phone, you might miss that call and somebody else might have to go. It has happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's classic. I told Jimmy, well, that's not the one that mattered for this call, brother. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man, that is awesome. Uh, you know, that, that's the uh, naivete of, of youth as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, let me ask you about Tyson because, Scott, you wouldn't even have had him this year if, if it was a normal year because he'd be playing in the OHL. Uh, he's played in 17 games for you. He's got nine goals, five assists, 14 points. He's your third leading scorer, and he hasn't played as many games as some of the other guys. Uh, what have you seen out of Tyson because he seems like he's adapting real well? Yeah, he's he's really improved. Um, not not so much technique of skating, but pace in his skating, like his getting in on the forecheck, his back checking. Uh, he's got great vision. Uh, he makes plays. Like he's got a, a, a ability to put pucks into places that, uh, through his patience, and it allows him a little more time to make plays. He's got a great shot. Uh, he in, in every area that you know we've asked him to get better in, he's improved upon. Uh, he was playing the, basically the point on the power play and a central figure on our power play in the breakout. Um, there hasn't been a situation, uh, you know, he hasn't killed penalties, but the rest of it, like he's been reliable defensively, like way above his years as far as uh, being able to, you know, do the right things in the defensive zone all the time. And, and it's been, it's, it's, it was a it was a gradual process probably in the, his first uh, seven games, but uh, I think from that point on he's been terrific. I I, I can't say enough of, about how pleased I am with the progress that he's made. Scott, how much is this you know being in the AHL as opposed to the OHL playing with you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds and nineteen year olds going to going to help his development going you know right up to playing with professional players i know that there's a lot more youth in the a this year than there normally would be because of the circumstance but uh, how much does this kind of i don't want to say microwave his development and speed it up but i'm sure it's it's a it's an advantage well i i mean i don't know <clears throat> excuse me i don't know you know what his situation will be coming into training camp next year i'm sure he'll in his mind uh, he's going to look at, at it as an opportunity to make the team and he'll put his best forward to do that I, I i can pretty confidently say that if he was to come to camp um next year coming out of junior i i, I don't even think it would be uh, in, in a consideration just knowing where he was when he started here the first two weeks of training camp he was behind the eight ball and it you know it wasn't anything that uh um that was deficient in his game. I think it was just more recognition of uh, there's more that you can do here. And uh, he's applied himself. And, uh, you know, whether he's in the conversation of playing for the Flyers next year, I don't know. He certainly has handled uh, being a pro here very well. Uh, he, there's, it, it would have been impossible, I would think, for him to be able to, to improve as much as he has this year by playing in junior just because – the age of the competition, speed of the game, the structure of the game um, has forced him to, to try to uh, get better in small areas. And he has. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, he puts in a good summer of training. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows what can happen in training camp? There's, there's been 18-year-olds that have made the NHL, and uh, he certainly, he's, you know, for me, he's been one of our better players down here. So, uh We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's amazing the difference. I would think for a guy that just you know spent a year in the AHL and had so much success, it'd be really tough to go back to junior just mentally. 
you know, to it, it's a it's a downgrade in in talent and the game. So I, I, that's something. I don't know if they're they're thinking about any kind of special considerations for guys that spent the year in the A. Is that is that up for grabs or in any way? I don't know. I I you'd like to think it it would be, but um, I mean the the rules are what they are, and uh, if he, you know, though that's the worst part is you know like not it wouldn't be his fault. It would just be playing out of your comfort zone. Um, it's a hard thing to do when you're taking a step back, you know, like, yeah, yeah go out and be the best player every night. But, you know, you're here, he's playing anywhere from you know, 13 to 17 minutes a night in junior. He'll probably play 20 to 23 minutes and they're not all going to be quality minutes. Like I, I feel like we get quality minutes from him because, you know, he's not getting overextended because he's the best player on the team. You know, there isn't anybody on our team that's getting overextended. You need, you need four lines and um, and junior. I think it's you know there's such a you know there's probably such a drop off from the top to the bottom of their lineup that they end up playing these kids uh, uh, such great minutes that they you know, they probably find ways to cut corners and that's going to be you know probably the the biggest adjustment for him is just to make sure that he doesn't fall into that trap. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Tanner Lazinski came up uh, here in the call-up. Uh, unfortunately, he's dealing with injury right now. Uh, but w- what did you see out of him that, that warranted the call-up? Because I, I thought he looked real good. He was killing some penalties. He was getting some good ice time as well. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he had a, a rough game his first game. He was hurt, and then he came back, and he just got better every game. And, and his confidence went through the roof. Uh, Know, reliability from a defensive standpoint, you could count on him. He killed penalties for us. He played in the power play. Uh, he's got a great shot. I, I know you probably haven't seen it uh, um, as much as uh, you know we we saw it down here, just because of the, <clears throat> you know the opportunities that you you get in the NHL are, are a little bit different when you're playing you know 18 minutes a night versus maybe 10 minutes or whatever he was playing. I don't even know. And uh, your role with the team. Um, but you know, like just a lot, he just play, he plays a man's game and, and, uh, we saw it you know, pretty quickly that, uh, I mean, I don't know what, what, what happens after he comes out of surgery, but you know, we weren't surprised that he was able to go up there and be successful. Same thing with Wade. I mean, he's really provided, he's been all over Same the net. Thing. Yeah, I mean, he—it's yeah. these kids, four-year college players. They come out with a man's body already, so that part's not daunting. But but, but Wade has really showed a nose for the net. I know he's a guy with a big shot. We haven't seen that element just yet, but um, he's had some great scoring chances. Got his first goal and a great goal on some great passing. Uh, Wade, same thing. Yeah, he—you know—it's funny. I heard the broadcasters talking about him, uh, you know, playing short shifts, and that must have been ingrained in him from from. Uh, when he was at West, West of Michigan. And uh, I can tell you right now, the reason why his shifts are short is because he plays his entire shift as hard from the, the, the minute the puck is dropped or from the minute he steps on the ice until he gets off the ice. There's, there's no taking the foot off the pedal. Like he's, you know, he's in and around the net. He's finishing checks. He's blocking shots. He's back checking hard. He's um, relentless when chasing down pucks and, uh, you know, honestly, like you don't really see too many players that are like that, that that make that like their their way. And uh, he he did it every game that he was here. And um, when you do that, 
you know, there's no reason to stay out there for, well, maybe in some cases 30 seconds the way he goes. But, you know, you, you talk about maximizing his shifts and playing hard for 40 seconds. He does it every shift. And, and um, you know, it's a great, obviously a great trait to have. Yeah, I, I liken it to like Formula One. He's always in qualifying mode. He's never in race mode. <laughs> To yeah, conserve yeah. tires or anything or fuel, it's quali- qualifying every time. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a great trait, and and the guy that knows to get off the ice when he when he does, you know, empty the tank and and do it every time. Uh, Cam York's uh, a guy, another uh, college player. We know the success that he had at World Juniors with Team USA, upset in Canada, much to uh, my delight and a lot of uh, USA hockey people. Uh, but Cam, I know his first game in, he he hadn't played in a while, but he's really hit his stride, and now in four games, he's got three points for you. Yeah, I don't. Do you know how many games he played last year? I don't. That, yeah. Um, so we were just talking today. We were going through some video, and uh, I, I was asking him how he, you know, what he thought is if it was getting a little bit easier, and and uh, figuring out what he can, can't do, and all that. And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "I said nothing like uh, playing four games in six days uh, to start off your pro career, and you know, you go from in college when you're." You're playing two games a week, and uh, next thing you know, you're playing every other day back to back. And um, but he's handled it well. And uh, again, just another, you know, it's only been four games, but he's he's gotten better every game. He, you can tell he's he's starting to feel more comfortable with what he can and can't do with the puck. And uh, he's been running our first power play and has fit in there like a glove. So um, a lot of a lot of good stuff. With him, Scott, um, does he project for you to be a guy at the NHL level that that can run a power play unit? And kind of where does he fit in? He's a guy that will, even though he's not big in stature, he'll go back and get pucks. And uh, as a defender in his own zone, and you know he'll be the he'll win that race to the puck and and those kind of elements. What do you kind of project him out to be at, at the NHL level? Well, I, I would, you know, just looking at defensemen that have. Uh, um, been here um you know i i think that he's head and shoulders above uh i'm just thinking of the guys that we've had uh he's, he's been head and shoulders above the majority of guys that we've had here that have played in the power play as a defenseman just you know he puts the puck on the tape uh his vision is good he's got some deceptiveness to him um you know we, we starting to see a little bit of his shot um uh, you know, we didn't really know what he was going to present with that, but uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's my place to save, you know, where he's going to be pegged in the NHL, but he certainly has uh, uh, the ability to get the puck to the forwards in good position, and and that's to me is, you know, the best forwards in the world. But if you don't have defensemen that can get the puck to the forwards, then it really doesn't matter. And he's got great patience too, to back there on the power play too. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's got a way about him as far as. You know, whether it be selling um, something to to make something else happen, or uh, just putting the puck into places that you know almost makes the defender not want to overcommit. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of like quiet deception that's there that uh, that uh, it's hard to teach, and you, know, you get players to bite on things, and and uh, next thing it opens up something else for you. Scott, it, with bigger guys, a guy like Isaac Ratcliffe, you know, six five, just hulking frame, right? It, does it take a little longer for for those guys uh, to kind of adjust uh, to the pro game? 
I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like if uh, you're a junior player, player and you're playing against somebody that skates as well as uh, Isaac does and has reach and has a great shot. And um, But a lot of the success that you get in junior is more because of your – not more because of your size, but it, it has an impact in a, in a positive way but it doesn't necessarily carry over unless you have mm-hmm. other things that are going to give you success as a pro, whether it be uh, puck protection, um, being able to use your body. Um, you, know, you, you go from maybe having a 170 pound guy leaning against you versus a 220 pound guy, uh, you know, five foot 10 guy versus you know, more six, two, six, three, six, four guys. So, you know, what was your strength, your biggest strength and asset junior is your size, it, it, you know, it starts to even out a little bit, and uh, now you have to use other tools, uh, such as your your puck protection skills, your your um, your handling of the puck, game planning when you know you you can't face the play, uh, being able to know what's going on around you, uh, other than what's in front of you. Um, so it, it's a process, and I, I think that part of the game. You know, like smaller players, they they have to do things differently to protect themselves and survive. And, uh, you know, I think as a bigger player in junior, you don't really have to think about that as much. But when you turn pro, now all of a sudden it's something that you haven't had to really deal with, but now it's at the forefront. Yeah, so you've like, likely been a big boy your whole life too, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the adjustment for guys coming over uh, that play on the bigger ice, like a guy like Linus Sandin? Do you see immediately that that adjustment that needs to take place when you get a player that's you know kind of been playing on the big sheet? Yeah, we went through it a little bit with Oscar. Uh, his first seven games, um, you know, like he, um, I don't think he had a point. Uh, he had chances, but he didn't have a point, and um, just getting used to used to the small ice and the physicality. And it was the same thing with Linus. You know, he, he had two goals last night and all of a sudden he, he seems to be more confident with the puck. He's making some more plays, you know, getting his shots, uh, being involved more physically. Uh, his last four games uh, have uh, been his best four. He, I think, you know, probably another guy that the break was, was timely just because it, it's, it has been a grind just, you know, physically and emotionally. Um, you know, sort of be able to recharge the batteries and get back at it. You know, he's he to me, he's actually been the guy that's probably benefited the most from having the time off. Um, let's talk about your goaltending a little bit. Uh, you know, Zane McIntyre's really played a lot for you this year. You know, and uh, obviously Felix is a guy that has had to make the adjustment as well. And Felix Sandstrom, uh, you, I know he had a real good outing the other day. I think he had 33 saves. Uh, what have you seen out of his development? I know that uh, that's a big adjustment for a goaltender because it's spatial awareness, that feel on the ice, and when you're playing on that smaller sheet, stuff's on top of you a lot quicker. And then, you know, just odd man rushes are handled differently. How's that been for him? To be honest with you, I, I, I really couldn't tell you about his development um, uh, up in, you know, like, like in fairness to him, he has not had, like, out of all the players, he's probably had the worst situation as far as being up on the taxi squad, missing games because of it. Uh, Alex came down and played some games. Um, you know, there's, you know, the, the, the two COVID breaks, he 
lost some starts because of that. Um, so I, I don't know how many games he played at maybe five. Uh, I, and, and then forget about the games, like to be able to get into a rhythm practicing on a regular basis has uh, almost been non-existent for him. Um, so I don't, I don't really think it's fair to like, I, I can't even t- give you a, an evaluation just because of there's, there hasn't been a lot of consistency with uh, his playing time and practice time. You know, yeah. it's one thing if you're practicing all the time, but I mean, the poor guy, I, I feel bad for him because he, you know, he hasn't been able to get any, any kind of rhythm with anything. Yeah. That, that's a difficult situation. I mean, putting a lot of miles on going from Lehigh Valley back and forth, to, you know, it, it's just, and, it, it doesn't lend even, itself. Even Zane, even Zane, like uh, he, he went a stretch where I think he, you know, he's obviously played the most games out of our goaltenders, but he went a stretch where I think he played, um, maybe two two games in in like almost a month, and yet you know like that's not normal, you know. Um, so he's he hasn't had, you know. All right, you're going to play two games a week or whatever it is. You know, you're going to play you're going to play four games, and then you're not going to play for two weeks. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's kind of how it's gone. So uh, nobody to blame. It's just the circumstances and. Uh, you guys just have to make the, the best of it as much as they can. Yeah, how much would that have driven you crazy as a goaltender? I mean, the, the position's so rhythm-based, right? And, and to, to be yeah, out there I, in I games. Was, um, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal for me. I was used to not playing. <laughs> uh, well, you, twenty twenty-three straight games in the NHL without a game. So I, you know, I, I got a little tennis elbow from opening the door for the players. You weren't charting shots or anything on the bench, were you? No, nobody did that stuff back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Babcock wasn't coaching because I know he liked to make his guys, you know, charts, face-offs and stuff like that. It's a good way to yeah. get a goalie smashed in the head with an Aaron Puck, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> As a goalie, you're never going to do that to, to the guy backing up when you're coaching. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It, um, no playoffs for you guys. They're not going to do it. Um, but uh, it, it's been good for you guys to get a season in at least and, and be able to push it forward, right? Yeah, it's um, it's actually exciting because uh, not that we don't have playoffs, but it's exciting to know that uh, we've got a pretty good feel as to what some of these guys are going to be like, uh, whether it's next year or the year after. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we've been able to use this time to uh, get these guys even more prepared for next year, uh, whether it's with the Flyers or uh, for our team, um, I think we'll, we, we should have a pretty good core of young players that we'll see and uh, more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a good year. You guys have a great record, Scott, and uh, you're doing a great job down there. And, you know, five call-ups this year, NHL debuts for uh, f- young Flyers and, and, and f- future Flyers. Uh, we appreciate the time, as always. We love talking to you and, and gaining your knowledge of uh, all the players that you're, you're with on a daily basis. So we appreciate the time, as always. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Scott Gordon for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Always like catching up with Gordo. Always a uh, great, honest evaluations of players and what uh, young players go through in adapting to the pro game, whether they're coming out of junior, whether they're coming from overseas, or whether they're coming from the collegiate game. Uh, great information from Scott Gordon, and we appreciate him taking the time here on Flyers Daily. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Well, we'll bring you another brand new one tomorrow. We'll preview the Flyers Devils third game of this four-game set. And in the meantime, everybody, enjoy your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.